Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today we're going to begin with day 127, May 6th, Nehemiah chapters 3 and 4. Wall plans commenced. Overview. Nehemiah's dream of rebuilding the walls now becomes contagious. The people rise up in unison, trials in hand, to begin repairing the eight gates and more than two miles of wall surrounding the city. Nehemiah's strategy is simple but effective. He will give each person a vested interest in the work. To ensure both speed and quality of workmanship, he assigns each worker the portion of the wall nearest the worker's own house. There's a lot of incentive to do a good job when you know that if enemies break through a defective portion of the wall, the first people jeopardized will be your own family. But soon the entire project is threatened by outside opposition. Harmless ridicule gives way to threats of violence, and Nehemiah responds with the combination of prayer and preparation. Chapter 3, Repairing the Walls, the Work Initiated. Chapter 4, Ridiculing the Workers, verses 1 to 3. Rallying the Workers, prayerfully, verses 4 to 12. And militarily, verses 13 to 23, the Work Interrupted. Insight, the Special Gate for God. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 29. Among the list of gates is the east gate, 329, through which the Shekinah glory, a visible manifestation of the presence of God, left and by which it will return. Ezekiel sees the return of God's glory through the east gate, Ezekiel 43, 1-17, to reside in the temple's most holy place during the kingdom age, as he had seen its departure during the fall of Jerusalem. Insight. Notorious neighbors. Nehemiah 4.3. Several of Nehemiah's persecutors are noted in historical sources other than the Bible. Sanbala 4.1 is identified as the governor of Samaria in the Elephantine Papri. In addition, a rock inscribed with the name Tobiah 4.3 in ancient Aramaic script was found there present-day Amman, Jordan. Nehemiah, chapter 3. Rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Then, Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated in the Tower of Hananel. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them, was Zakur, son of Imri. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Maramoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakaz, repaired the next section of wall. Beside him were Meshelam, son of Barakiah, 
and grandson of Meshashabil, and then Zadok, son of Bana. Next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. The old city gate was repaired by Jodiah, son of Peseah, and Meshelam, son of Bezadiah. They laid the beam, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Next to them were Melatiah from Gibeon, Jadon from Meronoth, people from Gibeon, and people from Mizpah, the headquarters of the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River. Next was Uziel, son of Harariah, a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section of Jerusalem as they built the broad wall. Rephaiah, son of Hur, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, was next to them on the wall. Next, Jedediah, son of Haramoth, repaired the wall across from his own house. And next to him was Hattush, son of Hashabaniah. Then came Malkajah, son of Harim, and Hashab, son of Pahat Moab, who repaired another section of the wall in the Tower of the Ovens. Shalom, son of Halawesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. The valley gate was repaired by the people of Zenoa, led by Hanan. They set up its doors and installed its bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall to the Dung Gate. The Dung Gate was repaired by Malkajah, son of Rechab, the leader of the Bet HaKaram district. He rebuilt it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The Fountain Gate was repaired by Shalom, son of Kol Hosea, the leader of the Mizpah district. He rebuilt it, roofed it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Then he repaired the wall of the pool of Salaam near the king's garden, and he rebuilt the wall as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. Next to him was Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, the leader of the half-district of Beth-Zur. He rebuilt the wall from a place across from the tombs of David's family as far as the water reservoir and the house of the warriors. Next to him, repairs were made by a group of Levites working under the supervision of Rehom, son of Bani. Then came Hashabiah, the leader of the half-district of Kalah, who supervised the building of the wall on behalf of his own district. Next, down the line, were his countrymen led by Benoai, son of Henadad, the leader of the other half of the district of Kila. Next to them, Ezer, son of Jeshua, the leader of Mizpah, repaired another section of wall across from the ascent to the armory near the angle in the wall. Next to him was Barak, son of Zabai, who zealously repaired an additional section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Meramot, son of Uriah and grandson of Hakaz, rebuilt another section of the wall extending from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of the house. The next repairs were made by the priests from the surrounding region. After them, Benjamin and Hashab repaired the section across from their house, and Azariah, son of Messiah, and grandson of Ananiah, repaired the section across from his house. Next was Benoai, son of Hanadad, who rebuilt another section of the wall from Azariah's house to the angle in the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, 
carried on the work from the point opposite the angle and the tower that projects up from the king's upper house beside the court of the god. Next to him were Pedai, son of Parash, with the temple servants living on the hill of Ophel, who repaired the wall as far as a point across from the water gate to the east in the projecting tower. Then came the people of Tekoa, who repaired another section across from the great projecting tower and over to the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired the wall. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. Next, Zadok, son of Emmer, also rebuilt the wall across from his own house, and beyond him was Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, the gatekeeper of the east gate. Next, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section, while Meshelam, son of Bechariah, rebuilt the wall across from where they lived. Nakajah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing for the temple servants and merchants across from the inspection gate. Then he continued as far as the upper room at the corner. The other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from that corner to the sheep gate. Nehemiah chapter 4. Enemies opposed the rebuilding. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanbala and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God, and God of the city, day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build a wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers your sons and daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, 
bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah, who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way, they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me, ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. My daily walk. Pray like it's up to God, then act like it's up to you. Those words are found nowhere in scripture, but they contain more than a little truth. Over and over, God has told you to take your problems and anxieties to him. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Philippians 4, 6. Like Nehemiah, express your request to God immediately. But once you have prayed through your problems, don't expect angels to finish building your walls. Pick up your trowel and finish the job God has given you. Work hard, for God is working in you. Philippians 2, 12-13 is a great balance to live by. Pick a situation in your life that needs prayer coupled with preparation. Pray it through, work it out, and share it with a friend or family member. Too many people pray like little children who knock on doors, then run away. So true. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Keep up the good work, and God bless. And I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing, peace.